right, welcome to episode 5 of the Multifarious Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in with us. We truly appreciate your continued support and interest. I know that in the beginning I had said that I was not going to have a set schedule for uploads and try to get as many as I can done. Uh, But I'd subconsciously set like a day on day off schedule that I kind of broke with the past few days. So hopefully none of my like four listeners are freaking out. Appreciate you guys. Uh, Hopefully this week we'll be back to some more regular episodes. We've got uh, one planned for Tuesday, I think. Um, Anyway, today we have on my old friend, Jad Naiman. Jad is definitely my best friend. Um, Met him in my grade eight year uh, in high school or middle school. So I was 2016, 2017. Um, And so we had that year together, messed around a lot. And so I left for Istanbul, um, like at the end of the summer that followed that year. Um, So that year was also my first introduction to the weight room in any capacity. Uh, You know, first introduction to a barbell and to fitness in general. And so he was with me for, you know, the first few times we kind of got into it together. He is the friend from the uh, bench press incident that I mentioned on, I think it was episode two. Um, But yeah, good friend, just good talks. Very much a more laid back episode, kind of just chilling. Um, You know, obviously I love having these incredibly intelligent guests on and learning, but the core of the podcast, I think, you know, so far and what I'm going to try to keep is really just these casual, friendly conversations that for some reason people want to hear. But appreciate you guys. Uh, We kind of go over his training history, how training has been through the lockdowns in Ontario, i.e. not great. Um, You know, looked at some of his sports history with hockey, how it's affected his training. And... Yeah, we kind of just chill. So chill with us, I guess. Um, you can find him on Instagram at jad.n03. That's J-A-D. Or you can check out his fitness account at jad.fitness. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about this episode, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at saluji underscore A. Check out my website at www.multifarystrength.com or shoot me an email at info at multifarystrength.com without further ado i hope you enjoy the episode because you otherwise episode so weird man i was trying to pick everything and i just i had no idea how to do it but i got my stuff together that's good I got that's good hard courses Calculus yeah when we were coming. doing with the algonquin people they they said that auto u is definitely like much harder to deal with than carlton for example yeah yeah, no, my sister goes to Carlton and she was helping me with it all because like obviously she's in uni. So it's like that's who I'm gonna ask. And uh she's like, What what's this website, man? Like this is terrible. And yeah, no, I don't know. I couldn't find a, a human kinetics or kin program at Carlton, so I just picked you Ottawa. There are Waterloo and I was like, uh, whatever, I'm already in Ottawa. My rates are like they suit that school better, I guess, because Waterloo is competitive, man. Like, I'm not trying to get John, you know? Yeah, makes sense. That's jumping the gun a little bit. So just give us, like, a background of your lifting experience. So, like, start with the good old Movahi days. (laughs) (laughs) So the first time I was in a gym was probably with you at at Movahi when – like you mentioned in your previous episode, you're trying to bench bench incident and it didn't go very well. 
but yeah, that was probably the first time. And then I don't know, I guess I was never, I was never exactly like skinny or like thought I was skinny, but I was kind of on the bigger side. So I guess like turning to muscle or like getting in the gym was kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. You know what I'm saying though? Like going from, I guess, a bit thicker down to looking more defined, I guess, is not as difficult in my opinion, at least as someone who's very skinny. Like I got some friends who are naturally just very skinny people and it's not easy for them obviously to put on crazy muscle, but um, obviously work ethics, a thing and motivation, all this, that like, my 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 motivation hasn't been there i'm not gonna lie ottawa has not helped me out but um but i guess it helped me so i'd say i've been lifting seriously for like two years now before i was more just oh get in the gym let's go to the bench press do this that you know uh nothing ever serious and uh i never had a set routine i was doing i was just fooling around like who knows what i was doing but um, now I'd say I'm a bit more strict on what I'm doing and I guess a bit more knowledgeable than I was a couple years ago. And uh, yeah, here I am. Yeah, that's good. So what sort of marked the transition from your more casual training into a more sort of strict regimen? I was strictly going into the gym and it was just like, okay, I'm benching. I'm like, and it's like, how, how many times are you going to go bench every time you go to the gym, you know? And like all I was doing for legs, like I just, I do a couple of squat sets and I'm like, okay, that's it for me. And so I just thought like, like, I'm going to look goofy at this point if I just keep this up. So I had to start balancing my, my workouts out and uh, you helped me out pretty nicely. So it helps uh, having someone with knowledge around. And uh, I feel that that like kind of affects a lot of people. They go into the gym, not exactly knowing what to do or like, especially as a teenage boy, it's like, oh, I want this crazy chest, these crazy shoulders. Look at me like, like how sized I am. And they completely avoid the rest of it, not knowing, I guess, the benefits of working all your muscle groups and stuff. So uh, yeah, I guess I learned that earlier because of you and just uh i guess i had good people around me but uh yeah i don't know i wasn't very smart who knows what i was doing man i was i was going by myself i'm just like yeah let's it's better than doing nothing you know so uh so i had yeah. to fix it actually. no absolutely i mean hey doing anything is better than doing nothing and i agree there's sorry, studies out there i watched a video a while ago but like this like the difference in terms of gains for lack of a better term in terms of comparing people who do nothing versus people who only do a little bit it's a very very vast difference so it's just to say that even doing very little is actually very helpful so who were the other sort of positive influences on your training it can be like other people that you train with or even like just youtube stuff that you've consumed that kind of thing it's shaped the way so, that you train now no one i really trained with i'd say is more i i okay this, it's, it comes off like rudely but like I'm not very knowledgeable but the, the people I was training with are less knowledge, 
knowledgeable than I was even. So I was always there as the one who's guiding everything. Oh, what are we going to do next, Jad? Tell me, like, what am I doing wrong here? I'm the one. And I guess I I know the basics of it. I'm still lacking, obviously, some knowledge. But, like, I could help a beginner in the gym, I'd say, which is good. Obviously, I'll take it. But uh, I'd say my cousins are like, so I have one cousin in Montreal who's who's big on lifting and more power lifting, I guess. So that's similar to, I guess, what I'm obviously I'm doing it more just to build my physique in a sense. Like, obviously, I want my numbers to go up, but it's not what I'm looking at most. But I feel it is something lots of people look, oh, what's your bench? What's your squat? Like, uh, people are always worried about other people's numbers, you know, which obviously it is like a friendly competition, but, uh, I don't know. People should be more set on themselves. I feel anyways, uh, my cousins. Yeah. Well, one of them plays football at a pretty high level. So he likes lifting a lot, obviously. And he came trained with me a couple of times. And so that helps obviously. And, uh, personally, I just, Obviously, I played hockey from a young age. Not that I was good at it, but uh, it just it's the active mindset, I guess. But uh, when you get to like high school and you're still playing, like obviously I was playing for fun. I didn't expect myself to go to the NHL. But like high school hits and it's like, okay, like this is going nowhere. My life is starting to get like busier than it used to be. I should probably find something that's going to, work in my time slots like there's no strict time you have to go to the gym obviously well there there is now but like in the past it was more like okay you go when you can and when you have that time just try and make the best out of it you know so uh yeah after after I quit hockey I was like okay let's let's keep myself active in a way you know so that's where where it all started yeah, that's good. Um, and yeah, obviously, you know, having been across the pond, I hear all sorts of horror stories about how Ford is handling the gym lockdowns. So how is how is that impacting your training? I obviously you took a break a little bit, but I've seen the uh, the cottage workouts of the cinder block. So you're back on it. Those are great. I I've I've picked it myself up a bit, I guess, from uh, where I was, because honestly, it's like, okay, I go to the gym, I get two months in there. And this is my two months of just building what I'd lost already. So you finally, after the month, you, you're starting to, to really get close to where you were, you know? And then it hits again. And it's like, what am I, like, what, what, what was the point of this? I'm just going to set myself back again. It's kind of like relapsing, you know? Which sucks, obviously. Like, uh. I was getting two plates on my bench and I was fired up, you know, like here, I'm, I'm really like, I'm at two plates. It's going up nicely. Now I can start increasing this, but what are my 25 pound dumbbells really going to help me with that? You know, like, uh, they can only do so much for me. Honestly, I've been lucky because I have friends who apparently all have racks and stuff and I can go there and I've been going there. I'll probably go there again tonight, actually. And we'll, we'll work out again. Uh, but um, it just, your motivation just hits. It's like, okay, we're going to close again for 
two or three months, even longer possibly. So all your gains are just done. But um, I feel pretty good, actually. I feel like my strength is is doing okay right now, probably because I've been working at it. Or like, I don't have insane amount of weight or like exactly all the equipment I want to be using. But what I have is better than nothing. Like uh, a Smith machine, even like I was doing incline, incline uh, bench on on the Smith machine. Like it's something I've never really done in the gym so it's something like switch it up a bit type thing so yeah it was good and uh honestly it's i wish i could be in the gym for the past year and like you always think oh where would i be at if i've been going that whole year you know like i feel my numbers could be much higher i could be looking better than i am so i put on i'm sure i put on some fats it's like man like you go to the cottage, you want to eat this, that, you know, so I'm trying to balance myself out and I've, I've been skipping. I don't know if you saw that one, but, uh, but yeah, that's good. No, I'm, I'm trying to make the best out of it. What can you do? Yeah, that's good. And I, like, to be honest, I think it's a very sound place mentally to be that, you know, you don't, you might not have access to all the equipment you want. You know, you might, your, your numbers might not be where you want, but the fact that you're able to still maintain like some sort of, just stable mindset towards it, I think is very good because I've noticed even myself falling into the trap, like I've been extremely lucky to not have had very, very bad lockdowns. But then when I did shut down for like a month here or there, I was like, oh, this is not good. And it so just it. honestly, yeah, just being able to just be cool if everything shuts down, like it's something that I try to remind myself of first before everyone else, but always just remembering that like, hey, it ain't the end of the world. You could still be healthy without a barbell six times a week. I agree. Yeah, I think that's good. And honestly, like the opportunity is still there, uh, both in mentally and physically speaking. Like you take time off your body, so to speak, sort of it might regress in terms of muscle mass and the techniques that you build, but it, it also has the, uh, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Like you have the negative aspect of losing the movement patterns and you may lose some muscle mass, but it also has a positive, you know, end of sort of smoothing over any of some of the niggles or injuries that you might've been dealing with. And so when you do start, you're able to start on a more sort of even footing. And again, obviously the mental opportunity is there of like, hey, look, I'm, you know, I'm not allowed to go to the gym for a while. I might as well learn something, you know, learn, yeah. you know, the educational side of it. That's kind of what I did last blog down a year ago. So it is an opportunity in a sense, if you're able to look at it from a certain way. I agree. No, but speaking of injury, man, like this ankle of mine is, it just, it's, it hits every I feel like it's like made out of paper at this point, man. The way it just always bends or like, you know, like I've just been so unlucky with it. Like I was playing basketball maybe a week or two ago and I just, I went to jump and I, I land on this outside of my ankle, snaps outwards and it hurts, man. And like, I don't know. I don't think my ankle will ever be insanely great again but uh what can you do yeah that's, that's true ankle injuries are i to deal with the same thing with wrist injuries and i had a pretty not a bad one it was quite uh quite light in large things but like i was wrestling get you out of the gym though yeah 
No, it was just like Sunday, and I took one day off. So like, great, one day off. But I rolled it pretty yeah. bad. It was painful for a few days. Well, that's the issue. Something with... done to your to your wrist, no? Yeah, I have had uh, structural injuries to my wrist as well, and so those were like, yeah, over a year and a half ago. But like the issue with the wrist is that they're not. I'm going to use the prescriptor and these sort of hubs of stability like the shoulders and the hips. But it's true, yeah. right? Like the shoulder and the glute, there's so much muscle there that you can sort of call on to stabilize and to return this normal movement to those joints. But the ankles and the wrists have that to a much lesser degree because they're just bones, skin, and ligaments, right? They're much yeah. less muscle relative, relatively speaking to the shoulder and the hip. And so that's the issue, especially with sports, like damaging those structures, those joints, like the wrists and the ankles, it sucks and you'll likely never return to 100%. And so that's why they're sort of so precious and there should be special care taken to prevent them. But from the flip side, if you're going to take so much care to prevent them, you obviously need to do it in the right way. And so you could do all the like anterior tib raises with a kettlebell in your foot that you want, but you also do need to focus very much so on the, you know, the hip and the, and the shoulder at yeah. some point. So it's a very large conversation, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I can do, man. Like, uh, I guess I just got to really focus on trying to keep it in a good position or something. Like, like you know, it, you don't expect it to happen. The amount of times I've played basketball, nothing's gone wrong. And then this, all of a sudden, and, like, it's like, what can you do? But uh, some sports, some basketball injuries, I don't know if you've seen some. Oof. I'm lucky for what I got. Oh, some are just brutal. But um, I was working out the other day, I don't know, two days ago. And I was with a couple of my friends. We were using his, his uh, Smith machine and, and all that. And one of them goes, oh, yeah, I'm doing push-ups, but I'm feeling pain in my lats. And I go, like I'm not knowledgeable like this like I don't know what like why like, I don't even know how that can happen like out of anything you can feel in your lats so like I don't know apparently everyone thinks Jad Fitness knows everything about the whole fitness industry but I really like I don't know that do you like I don't know what you have to say about that but I have no idea how can you feel in your lats tell me yeah, that's really funny. I don't know. Obviously, I would probably need to see him and him doing push-ups to have a better gauge. But, but like the lats sort of do serve to it's not gonna show up in the audio, whatever. The lats like, sort of do have this act of stabilizing the shoulder once you depress it until you're getting to the push-up position. So if you've like never used your lats to stabilize anything ever before and you do push-ups, then yeah, you'll probably feel it. It could be that, that because like honestly they were we we're we we're using the smith machine to bench which is i i really don't like it personally but you got to make best with what you have obviously but um the whole depress your shoulders and retract them is just like it doesn't process in their head type thing and it's it's like serious you know because like right now they're doing let's say a hundred some pounds but let's say you're getting into 200, 300, and you're letting your shoulder in like it's vulnerable, vulnerable position. But like, obviously I got it to get fixed a bit, but like, I'm not there all the time to, to be seeing it. Every time he's gonna bench, I'm not gonna be there to 
to tell you you need to really retract your shoulders or whatever like it's something you need to like cue in your head and like if everything else in your lift is going properly or it's like you're performing it at least good enough then it's something you should just see like okay i know that my elbows are tucked in or something so now i should really look at this one thing that i have going wrong for me and fix it before it's too late you know what i'm saying because i'm sure you face the shoulder injuries working out i know i have and i personally don't know what it's from but it probably is from not retracting my shoulders when i was benching when i was still a rookie in this you know now i'm at least in the intermediate level but uh but yeah, I don't know. I try and help out as best I can, obviously. I know most of the people I'm working out with aren't the most knowledgeable people, but they're trying to better themselves in whatever way they could. So uh, I try my best to help. All right, that's good. Um, it's tough, especially training people that are very, very new to the gym. And I've learned this trying to do the online thing um, you know, people who had, don't have any history in the gym, it's extremely difficult to coach them off of like videos alone. Like with online stuff, the person that you coach, in my opinion, it's much easier if they do have this grounding, you know, this base level of strength of training. And yeah, like teaching all those subtleties of, you know, execution, especially with the barbell lifts, it's probably better than a Smith machine. Than, uh, than an actual bench because like you'd see way more issues on the, with the actual yeah, barbell. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, but it's funny. I'll tell the story after, but go ahead. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough with um, with compound lifts because there's so many pieces that you need to fit in. So can you retract the shoulder? Can you externally rotate the shoulder? Can you load your lats eccentrically to stabilize? And so all of these, especially especially when it comes to new trainees, are sort of pieces that you need to isolate and get good at individually. And then you sort of add them into this end product that is the compound. And so obviously beginner trainees are going to have a very tough time having this sort of full picture put together if they haven't individually sort of understood these components that fit into it. So that's why generally as, as much as you can, and obviously you can't because the dudes work at his garage or his basement or whatever, but like machines as much as you can, you know, trying to just get this base level of strength before, you know, tackling those movements. But again, Broke what you got, right? Yeah. No, but it was funny. We were at a friend's house for his birthday, and he happened to have a, like, a little rack. Like, it could load 200 pounds, which is, it's it's good for at your house, you know? And so, obviously, we were benching. And uh, Michelle, who owns the, the Smith machine, it's his first time ever using a barbell that's not connected to the Smith machine. So it's about 110 pounds on the barbell, you know, like he's done this before on the Smith machine and it, it can't go terribly, but the bar paths movement was swinging crazy from up to, oh my goodness. And I'm, ba I'm back there spotting him and I'm looking at everyone and like they're standing in front watching and I, are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? This, this, is, this bar path is zigzagging all over the place. Holy, it was, it was a good time, but uh, it's, it's very different because he doesn't have to worry about this bar path when it's the Smith machine is pushing it for you, you know, 
it's not going to switch its bar path on you. So it just shows how crazy the difference is, especially if you've never touched an actual barbell. You uh, probably got too comfortable on the Smith machine and thought, oh, I have nothing to worry about, but it's it's different. And it's not like uh, if it's if it's sitting here on your chest that you're you can just move your wrist back and lock it, you know, like this is on you now. So uh, it was a good time, good experience for him, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, obviously he has the Smith machine. He's gonna use the Smith machine. Like it is what it is. But um, no, that was a funny story. It's uh, yeah, I'm my attempt at that like 135 back like 2017. It was probably a product of something like similar. Yeah, yesterday. Oh, well, it's like a, it's an unfortunately poor memory. Yeah, because like I did the same thing. I benched a lot on the Smith machine. <laughs> easy i remember i tried to put the phone down and, and come behind you and try to pull it and i'm my weak ass couldn't do anything oh man Those are the, the memories but we've we've come far i'd say that's true we've, that's true you more than than i have but uh no, it's crazy like even i have a video probably. of you uh sumo deadlifting like 315 Oh yeah, that's crazy. funny. And that was maybe two years ago now. But like, yeah. how far your deadlifts come from that is like it's unreal, you know. But it's nice to have videos like that. You see, like how you were training in the past and how how much you've increased your your knowledge and your actual numbers, obviously. So it's good to have. So now one thirty five, you throw that up like it's a feather. Uh, yeah, I'm currently in the process of like restructuring my entire bench segment but uh, that's, a, that's a different story so you so you mentioned you're planning to go to uh, Ottawa U for kinesiology do you have any plans to play sports like for Ottawa U anything that you're looking at for Ottawa U I have no I, I think I have no chance of doing that I'll probably play like the this the the for fun intramurals type stuff but like I feel their sports teams when you get to uni are like I don't even know how they work I imagine some are given obviously on scholarship and they're secured for like a spot on their team at least. And you try it, you know, like I'm not actually great at any sport. So I don't think so, but uh, I don't know. I think university will be fun. I feel lots of people are looking at university in the sense of, I want to party. I want to do this, but, uh, I really just want to get in, get out, you know, like, I just want to get my stuff done um, and like advance to my future type thing. It's going to be a long one though, because yeah. I'm looking to go to med school. Oh, oh, so yeah. So, so what are you planning to do after that? So I want to go to med school. We'll see how long I stick up to that because I'm not really a school kind of guy. And um, med school is quite a lot of school. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, We'll, we'll see how that like plans out, I guess. But um, if that works out, I'll be a, a sports medicine doctor, which I think would be cool. And it's sport related, which obviously is a field I've been in before. So it's ties I've seen. And um, if that doesn't work out, then maybe athletic coaching, something like that. Chiropractor, potentially. 
but uh, I know like 30 people who could talk you out of that. Like, I don't, I don't see myself doing that personally. So uh, honestly, it wouldn't, wouldn't need much to convince me not to do it. Yeah. Obviously it's, it's, it's wide. It's, I like it because I can, I'd say my, like, um, my, uh, options for my future are pretty open, even doing human kinetics. So, uh, I'll figure my, my life out as I go. Obviously, um, lots of people go into uni not knowing what they're going to do. So I feel that even I have like this base of what I'm trying to do is, is not bad. But yeah, I have, I have nothing set. But if I were to tell you number one option, I'd say med school, sports medicine doctor. So what kind of stuff do sports med doctors do? Because like, I know of some people in the sports medicine field, like the kind of people that deal with athletic teams and train for them, that kind of thing. Uh, so how does the, that sports med field dif- differ from you know, the stuff that you've been looking at? So what I've, like I've talked, like I'm going to a chiropractor today because my back or whatever, I'll probably talk about my ankle and stuff too. And so I imagine I'll either work for myself in like my own clinic type thing, deal with individual patients facing injury from sport and obviously help them rehabilitate from it or work with a professional sports team, which would be cool. Especially like uh, I feel I would want to work with either the NFL, the NBA or the NHL. Obviously, there will have to be steps that come before going to the major leagues, but um, optimal goal is what we talk here. So, uh, so either help with injuries they face or stuff like that. Like honestly, like I, my uh, my understanding for it is kind of vague, I guess, and probably not as developed as it should be. But it's a process, you know what I'm saying? So. Uh, Honestly, we'll see where life takes me. Yeah, it's good. I mean, and hey, you have a general idea of the direction that you watch education stick, which is good. And definitely much more, I'm sure, than some people in, in our year that I could think of. So that's good. It's definitely good that you have the, the baseline and, you know, the, the goal. I think the sportsman feel is interesting. You know, it's all some stuff that I've thought about and that I've considered. Um, so are you, but from what I've understood from it, it's so much more a field or like the positions, especially in terms of the higher up positions, they're positions that you get definitely more so from experience actually training people and having yeah. these connections as opposed to the number of degrees that you have. So are you planning to like, you know, personal train part-time through university or something? I am, yeah. That's so, good. Uh, I, the, the big reason that Waterloo was in my consideration is their co-op program. So I could go work with, let's say they're, they're called the Waterloo Warriors or something. So let's say with the Warriors football team, I go work with them, get experience, get connections. Obviously, I'm sure those coaches know other people. There's, there's no way they wouldn't. So uh, something like that, like it was in my considerations and I was accepted and stuff, you know, so I could have chosen there, but Waterloo, they work with FitQuest which is a big thing here in Ottawa. And obviously, like, once you get into these positions, then uh, resources 
are going to start coming in, you know, but, but yeah, that's definitely something I have to consider because uh, someone could say they're a doctor, but uh, if you've worked with no one, then how can they know you're reliable, you know, but if you have all these sources saying, oh, I've worked with, let's say FitQuest and I've worked with uh, some minor teams and stuff, it shows that you've, you've been in this position before you've seen some, let's say some of the injuries that occur or something. So yeah, I agree with you. Experience is so important. And that's why, I don't know, I think I should really get, get going on that. And I think what you're doing is great, obviously, with your, uh, your company that you've built and training people. It's, it's very good. How's Algonquin going, by the way? Yeah, Algonquin's good. Um, you know, I'm off until September, um, the September term. It's all, it's all good. I, I think it's just further proof that, yeah, education is cool, but unless it teaches you how to apply it, it's really not going to do much for you. And like to the point of, especially with the sports, uh, you know, the S&C world, again, which I'm not very familiar with at all. I'm just also getting into it myself just as much as you are. But the idea of experience being just so more, so much more important. Like I know many people who have these very, very high positions, like with sports teams, even NBA and NFL teams, who may not have the most impressive resume per se in terms of specifically degrees or places that they've studied at, but it's so much more the connections and you know the experience, and more more so than anything, just having. Uh, an independent and objective view of the science of the sport. And so like shameless plug to my three listeners, thank you for like the, one of the more recent <laughs> RX episodes where they had a, an NHL strength coach named Matt Nichols uh, on, which is definitely one of my favorite episodes to date. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely check it out. But he talks about how he's trained like NFL and NHL players. And even with like, he didn't have a background in terms of hockey specifically, but he still trains like a bunch of really high end NHL players because he has this such a such an accurate and such a refi- fine tuned image of the shape of the sport, the kind of positions that For these sure. players adopt and how they work. And so having that objective view and understanding of how the sport moves is so important. But then even more so than that, again, just dealing with the players, being like, you know, being familiar with the kind of injuries that they have, even to a certain degree, the lifestyle that they have and being able to relate to them on this level. And so, yeah, I, I've, in my very, again, very short experience, everything that I have seen has indicated that experience and references and, you know, that kind of thing is infinitely more important than anything the, you know, the paper certificate will give you at the end of the day. For sure. No, but that point that you make is, is, is like really accurate, I guess. Like uh, seeing the sport myself, like of hockey, I've seen common injuries that happen oh, you see these knee-on-knee collisions. That's something that can happen. Me as a goalie, you're growing. It's like you're you're moving laterally a lot and pulling muscles and you're growing. Happened to me every single game, which was so tough. But you, you've experienced it. So you can start to develop, oh, how can I make sure this doesn't happen in a game? Because obviously me, it's happening in house league. But for Mr. NHL over here taking 100 mile per hour slap shots, it's it's no joke, you know. So you have to make sure you're healthy at all times, and you have to understand the like uh, the sports, I guess, like uh, the translation from 
the exercises you can do to translate over to your sport. Obviously, speed's a big thing. Balance. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was a good point. Respect. Yeah, and uh, sports are so interesting. I personally, I wish I had a more grounded history or experience in sports. Like, I haven't done anything, you know, even you might have only done like house league stuff, but even I've never stuck with that for long enough. I just have a very surface level experience in different sports. But so from your experiences with hockey, how has that affected the way that you train in the gym? And like, you know, we've had a bunch of conversations about like the hip stuff, you know, all the rotation words that, you know, need definition from your experience with hockey. How have you found it impacting the way that you train? Have you noticed that you have certain biases because of hockey as you know, has it changed for you like the way you warm up, that kind of thing? What do you think? So personally, I, I was, I wasn't working out when I was playing hockey. So it's like they didn't translate exactly because I was working out once I quit hockey. So then when I went into the gym, my lifts weren't even relating to my past hockey experience, which honestly, if I was working out while playing hockey, there probably would have been a translation for myself to probably move faster from post to post or something, or to make sure I'm explosive, you know, like, but, uh, but it came after. So I was more relating my, uh, my exercises to just putting on mass and stuff like it, it really had no, no uh, match with each other. But um, for the play, like uh, I'm thinking of the people that I work out with, like uh, one of them playing, going to play high level soccer. So uh, they're training specifically because they know, let's say the testing they're going to get, they have to have a certain amount of pull-ups or push-ups, which is, seems kind of weird because like these are soccer players, obviously. I'm sure the upper body strength matters in a sense, but you wouldn't imagine that would be what they're getting tested on specifically. But, uh, but honestly, they've done like great on like how far they've come. Like it used to be zero push-ups, and now we're up to like 10 plus, which is, is a big difference for some people, you know, obviously some people see standards differently. So uh, for some, it's like, Oh, 10 pushups. What's that? And it's honestly, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes the fitness industry is a very judgy place, which is something I really don't like about it because who's in the industry, like trying to make it or make, you know, everyone's there trying to make themselves better in a sense. And so I don't see why we're out here comparing because everyone's genetics are different. Everyone's motivation is probably different everyone's time management and like how often they're able to get in the gym is different so it's it's a hard comparison to make and we're all out here trying to reach our certain goals not everyone's working out for the same thing me and you we're not working for the same thing so what's the point in comparing us you know yeah that's true i think at some point in every episode you release, it's going to deteriorate into just like us complaining about the fitness industry, like some shady <laughs> grandparents. But it's true. Like there's there's a there's a lot of judging. There's a lot of negativity, and like it's the simplest statement, right? Like the antidote to a bad idea is a better idea. So don't make your entire 
business model trashing other people and then gaining followers that like that you trash other people because you're not creating a community of smart or intelligent people. You're just attracting, it's like the simplest thing. You attract what you put out. If you maintain this sort of storefront presence on Instagram or whatever social media you use of being a douchebag and roasting people, that's the kind of people you're going to attract and it's going to create this echo chamber for douchier people. So stop, don't do that. For uh, sure. Just but speaking of platform, like, like YouTube, and we know TikTok's getting big now and stuff. Like, how can let's say a beginner, or or let's let's say a beginner, trust that this information they're getting from these YouTubers and TikTokers are accurate information to help them in lifting? You know, like. There's all these, I see them everywhere. Oh, try these exercises for bigger arms. Like it's how can, a, obviously a beginner is going to trust these people if they have a million followers, you know, it's like, oh, how can, how can they be uncredible if they have a million followers? But sometimes like these, these exercises could be b- beneficial for them, but they might not benefit others in a certain way or these beginners in their certain way so honestly i i love youtube and tiktok's cool whatever but it's people need more reliable information you know how reliable is bradley martin you know not like i'm but like why wouldn't you trust this guy look how big he is you know what i'm saying it's 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 someone who looks to be reliable not technically speaks as if they're reliable, but uh, but yeah, lots of flaws in this in this industry. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's true. The whole YouTube and TikTok thing. It's funny that was the focus of I think the most recent RX episode. And let's be real here, this podcast is basically just a fanboy parody of what those folks over there are doing. All of my <laughs> listeners know that. It's okay. Don't need to hide from it. But it's true, right? And like the idea that. It's, it's 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 very annoying to constantly be bombarded with this stuff like what is the best tricep exercise what is the best way to grow your pecs because while they may all have their merit in a certain sense what everyone seems to be lacking is context like this exercise is a good exercise for this person because of this shape because of this stage in his training for sure this exercise could be the worst exercise possible for the other guy who has different training goals whose body looks a different way whose training age is different and so in order to sort of compress this knowledge or this experience into these like 20 second reels or whatever, these digestible sound bites for like the four second attention span people today have, they've had to just let go of context completely and just sort of just distill everything down to like the flashiest or most, you know, physically, you know, the most attractive thing for people. I don't think right. it's a very good thing at all. And so that's why, but that's, but that's why there needs to be this bridge between what works and how you arrive at that conclusion. And so this is where education is important in the sense that you need to know why things work the way they do. You need to know, first of all, what muscles you have. Can't be talking about your body does this, your body needs this. If you don't know what your body is, right? Someone said it better than I did, but that's the same core concept. (laughs) Like you can't, you can't begin to understand it unless you understand how your own body works and the movements that it creates and the muscles that it uses. But then once you know that, you can say, okay, I know what muscles I have, therefore give me my certificate or I'm a good person trainer now. No, that's not the case at all. 
you need to have this, this not, I don't want to say theoretical, you need to have this sort of textbook information, but then take that and apply it and be able to apply it with context in order to genuinely help people. And so there are these two polar bookends of people who like of all context and want the views and the people who study textbook and think that they're good trainers. And it's like, no, you need this merging of both. I agree. But I like, uh, oh, I was going to say something. What was I going to say? Um, oh, right. Like, I've, I've started going to the gym with lots of different people, you know? And they, they look at me as more credible than themselves, obviously, because obviously I have my Instagram page and I, I have a, a simple knowledge of what I'm doing. And I know what's working for me because I'm seeing my results and stuff. And I'm fairly healthy with like my muscles staying healthy. The ankle is a different story. That's, that's, that has nothing to do with my lifting though. So, uh, but the, the thing is when I'm going to the gym with these people, I'm doing what's worked for myself. I can't promise that it's going to work for them, but obviously it's worked for me and I'm going to, I'm working out with them. So I'm going to do what I'm used to doing. And I'm not, not a trainer that can, can examine this person and know what works best for them. I, I have to get myself to that stage somehow though, but Right now, I'm, I, I do, or I, I tell them to do, I don't even know how to speak English anymore. I tell them to follow what I'm doing because it's worked for myself. It makes sense. So that's basically what these influencers are doing in a sense. Obviously, if it's worked for them, they're going to say it, but they put it out as if it's the best and that's the only way you can do it type thing. But it's not. There's lots of other other exercises they can do that might even work better for them. And like a, a barbell squat is, n is not an easy lift, you know? There's lots that, that's behind it that beginners just don't know. Myself, I, I still probably don't know a good majority of it. I do it because I do it. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, there's no other way of saying it. But like there's, there's a there's a big gap still of, of how far I need to go to be considered credible. And so I'm working to it, but, uh, for now I'm still, still kind of low on that, but, um, we're working, you know? No, I think it's good. And the approach that you have of this is what very clearly worked for me. Try it out. I think is a very good approach and let's be real. You're still steps ahead of the textbook guy who has never picked up a dumbbell in his life. They say, no, do this because this theoretical works. No, you've actually taken the time, despite, you know, being me and you both being young in the industry, we've still sort of like, we're not going to recommend anything that we haven't tried. Right. We, that, we don't sure. know that works, but that's sort of this, that's, that's a good, that's a good and a solid first step to have, but then you can work from there. Right. And so that's where I think, okay, this exercise worked for me. It gave me bigger pecs or whatever, but then you reverse engineer. So you're like, why did this work? And so once you distill that and you're able to arrive at the conclusion of this is why this specific exercise works for me, then you can sort of begin to draw these other lines of connection and say, oh, this is from this thought process, this is may work, what work, this, wow, this may be what works for other people. This may be what gets them results. And so I, I think is the coaching distilled 
prove me wrong, shoot me a DM, yell at me if you want. No, like, uh, I agree with you, but like, uh, speaking with just my friends, like, um, barbell bench is so overrated and it's seen so highly as, oh, I want pecs. I'm going to go bench right now. Like this bench press is going to get me the biggest pecs. And like, I have like, I'd say my pecs are are, like a, a good point for myself. Like they're fairly well developed. So my friends are obviously going to take my word for it. And I've like barbell bench is something I do often. So I'm not, I can't discredit it. Like I'm sure it's helped with my pec development, but, and I'm going to say it's, it's something I do, but it's seen as better than anything else. And for some reason, like obviously compound lift, everyone looks at squat as the best bench as the best, but like bench is not all that in reality it's fun to perform and it's fun to have your number go up in it but um i think that's a big difference between like oh that's what i or like a beginner who just wants to work out in a sense it's like okay barbell bench and that's my friends right now like they're at that stage oh i'm just gonna hit this bench press and my pecs are suddenly gonna appear and like i told you my friend he's only he's only benching and I tell him, what are you doing, man? Like I say, let's do legs. He's like, I did legs yesterday. I say, I, I, I know you did not do legs yesterday, man. So uh, today I'm forcing him to do legs. So that's good. But uh, it's just such a big thing for us teenage guys. It's like, you just want to have this crazy upper body. And that was me like two years ago. Like that's what I was doing. And um, so I obviously I see what he wants and I, like I've been there before, but I'm not going to encourage it because I know it's not the optimal way of working out. Like, especially never hitting legs. Like it's not like he's just hitting chest more than he's hitting legs. It's like full chest, never anything else. Like, but um, I don't know. I, I enjoy being someone who people can can come to and ask advice like even my friend will text me and say Jad I need exercises for triceps can you put me in on some and I can reply like and and help with I guess the movement for the most part so it feels good being someone who people can look at as someone who's reliable you know and I'm sure you feel the same way like they come to me but in reality I'm coming to you and so the, the the credits being given to you i'll give it to you yeah. and now i need to give credit to all the people that i take from is nothing for me it's like this this chain of transmission and it's cool like and let's let's break down the the bench and control in this episode or this segment and hopefully they can understand a bit better about the pecs but like for me and you both right we both did bench from very early on you saw some pec development from it Great, so we might recommend it. But then from reverse engineering, okay, the bench worked for me. Why is that? Bench allows for a lot of progressive overload. I was new, practically anything I do would work. Bench involves this small abduction moment where it brings the humerus or your upper arm closer to midline. Great, that in essence is how the pec works, which is why the bench works to a certain degree. What other exercises can we find that involve the same thing? Bringing the humerus towards the midline, a cable fly, a seated machine fly, 
the machine fly might work for someone who's more beginner, who needs more external stability and he can't organize his body properly. The cable might be a slightly more advanced variation of that where you're sort of moving in free air. But once you have some semblance of core stability and organizing your rib cage and your pelvis, that can be something you incorporate and maybe even better because it allows for a better stretch position and lengthened position of the back, you know, circumduction of the wrist, that kind of thing. And so it's that exact thought process, like this worked, let's distill it and find out why it worked from a biomechanical standpoint and understanding how the muscle moves, where it originates, where it inserts and implement. That's basically just a plug for Prescripts Level 1 course. You should definitely take it. Um, I should take it. Uh, implement to lots of people who are very reliable, I would say. And it's nice because you get lots of people's point of views and I guess what's worked for them. Obviously, you were you're pretty like skinny and lean in in uh, your younger years, but I was built differently. And but you're looking huge lately. Respect, but um, it's like uh, in um, in high school, people look at each other like, oh, this guy's skinny, this guy's fat. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a very judgy place, first of all. And it's why a lot of teenagers get into lifting in the first place. No one wants to be seen as, well, yeah, you, what the way. But like, no one wants to be seen as, okay, that, that, sounded, that sounded terrible. But like, <laughs> that was, Yo, you cut out right at the best part. No one wants to be seen as, bro. You gotta cut that one, bro. Like I'm not, <laughs> bro. The audio cut out right at the right time. Yeah, I, I guess I got. No, but but uh, what I was trying to say is, no one wants to be shamed for the way they look. So obviously, they're if you're being called skinny, you're gonna want to go lift weights and stuff. And I don't know. Obviously, you don't want that to be the reason people are lifting. You want it to be because they really. Are passionate about it in a sense but um it's just reality at this point man like this world's just judgy as shit and it, it sucks but um what can you do like i feel that's what i'm like uh, this is how life goes like what can you do about it it's just how it is that's how reality is you know so uh I'm I'm glad that's not the reason I got into lifting. It was just because I was it's something I'm passionate about. But uh for others, like others deal with getting shamed about the way they look and and all that and it, it sucks. But um but yeah. Like I said, what can you do? That's a good takeaway. Just be less judgy, help more people. Like anyone could say that but there's always going to be people that are judging there's always going to be people that are racist sexist you know like this world will never be free of of judging you know there's always going to be someone who's judgy which sucks but it's it's the way life plays out man as long as you surround yourself around people who are are uh, encouraging and are willing to help like I feel that's why I'm I'm being come too often to to go work out with people. I feel people see that I really wanna see others succeed and stuff. 
and I want others to look at their best, feel at their best type thing. And it's important. Like, uh, I feel fitness is seen as just like, oh, the physical aspect of it. But like, this helps mentally. Like, it actually, you feel so good knowing that you could have done anything with your time and you decided to go to the gym. Like, it feels good, especially as someone who is, let's say, let's say bigger and stuff like, or, or not necessarily known for going to the gym. It's a big step forward. And you know that as a coach that uh, I'm sure you've, you've talked to some people who have never touched a dumbbell before. It's, it's a good feeling for yourself. So uh, obviously I encourage everyone to work out, obviously do what you, you do you, but like, it's, it's a really beneficial thing. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And I could be biased because it's just something I like to do a lot, but, um, but that's just how I personally feel. And like, I can tell anyone that, you know, I, well, I'm not just saying this on the podcast. I'm sure others have heard me say this. So, yeah. Being healthy is definitely better than not being healthy. I, agree. I think we can safely endorse it.